This is the Chick in Charge podcast, episode number one, with our guest, Atlanta media diva, Evelyn Mims. Welcome to the Chick in Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here is Mary Parker. Hello, I'm Mary Parker, CEO at All-in-One Security, and I'm also the chick in charge. I'm here today with my co-host, Sarah Smith. Good morning. Good morning. And also Evelyn Mims. Thank you both so much for being here. And Evelyn, thank you so much for participating in the inaugural podcast of the Chick in Charge. And you do know that the Chick in Charge was born from my autobiography. So we're going to have fun today. I'm excited. And we're going to just really dive into it. And for all of the listeners, I want you to know that Evelyn is actually going to interview me today so that as we're moving forward, you'll know who this chick in charge is. Yes, and she is an amazing chick in charge. She's really the diva in charge, I say. She's a mother, an entrepreneur, she's a mentor. She's, she's legendary around the country for her business skills and knowing how to get the best out of her coworkers, and her family. She's amazing. I love her. She's my friend. I come to her for advice. But Mary, I want people to know who you are, that you were one of the best things that ever came out of Mississippi, <laughs> other than I-20. <laughs> well, Evelyn, I will also have to say that knowing where you're from, we can say we you are know. the best. And I love using the term, whoever said nothing good ever came out of Mississippi, right? Right. Okay. But you're the best. But I want I want the world to know all about you. The world is going to know who exactly Mary Parker is and what she brings to the table. Oh, wow. Mary Parker is, you know, the first thing I would like to say about myself is that I'm a very caring and giving and compassionate person uh, and a spirit-filled woman of God. So we're going to set the stage with that. Yes. However... Uh, those characteristics have enabled me to become uh, an individual, a female. Let's talk female because we're talking about empowering women here, Girl right? power. Girl, Girl power. So uh, as a child, Evelyn, I began what one would say my first experience in entrepreneurship. My parents, L.A. and Loretha Robinson, were sharecroppers. In rural Mississippi. Oh, I know it. And you know, the Bible <laughs> teaches to multiply, mm-hmm. be fruitful and to multiply. Right. Well, my parents had no problems with that. Oh. They had nine of us. <laughs> they were busy. <laughs> busy. And I'm number two. Oh. So as a result of my the third one coming along, she kind of pushed me out of the nest. So I ended up with my grandma, my grandmother and my grandfather. Okay. My grandfather, we called Uncle T. Uncle T was a phenomenal man. We didn't realize that he was educated, but he had to be Mm -hmm. because he was a bootlegger. Mm. And in order to create that that liquor, wouldn't you say that he had to have some scientific skills behind him? Oh, you know it. So in growing up, 
I observed my grandfather from an entrepreneur's perspective, mm -hmm. but I also engaged greatly with my grandmother, who, by the way, was the first real chicken charge. She's the <laughs> real chicken charge, my grandmother. And it enabled me to be around wisdom. My grandmother, her friends, and all the other people in the community. So I was way far ahead of my time. Yes. And then I moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was involved in the civil rights movement. Went to Grand Rapids to live with my aunt and uncle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to move the dial quickly. Okay. To when I was a senior in high school. In Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Growing up the way I did, being curious. And how how old were you exactly when you went to Grand Rapids? I was Rapids? 13. 13. I was okay. 13. And, uh, of course, you know, being curious and being curious and all of that, people, family, community thought I would be that girl who would amount to nothing. Mm who would also be the one to get pregnant and have lots of children. Right. And so forth and so on. So knowing that, I knew that I had to, you know, just do the things contrary or opposite than what the family and community expected. Did so until I was a, I was a senior. I became pregnant. Was the most devastating point of my life. But I didn't quit. There you go. And that's what I want the listening audience to hear today. Right. Is regardless to how many times you're knocked down. Right. Regardless to the challenges and obstacles that come our way. Right. The chicken charge finds a way to bounce back. Mary, can I ask you a question? Just really put in my head. Um, how did you how did you interact with your family when you got pregnant? As not, such a young girl. Not very well. Uh, I was ashamed. It's hard. I was hard. so ashamed and so disappointed that I disappointed so many people. You know, and I Only also, briefly, though, I can imagine. Also... Families rebound, don't they? Yeah, they do. But I also proved some of those family members to be correct. And that was what I didn't want to happen. Right. And so after you graduated... And had the baby. After I married my daughter's father. Oh, that was a good thing. Uh, it was a good thing. She has his last name. <laughs> but um, after we stayed married very shortly, we were married very shortly. And afterwards, I decided to go on to college. Okay. Spent three years at Aquinas College, which was a private Catholic school there in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Wow. But you rocked the house. Yeah, I did, and <laughs> had great support there. Yeah. But my junior year, I left college and went to work for one of the major automobile uh, in, uh, manufacturers there in Grand Rapids okay. and decided that formal education wasn't necessarily the main thing for me at the time. Correct. So I chose to do on-the-job training. And what positions did you hold while you were there? I held positions. I entered the automobile industry as an as a laborer, if mm -hmm. you can imagine that, right? Mm -mm. So if I'm working, <laughs> looking at you right now with mm -hmm. with your beautiful makeup and your gorgeous hair and your Shazam outfit, no, I can't imagine you. Well, it was true, mm -hmm. and um, I was hired in as a as a precision grinding operator. But that didn't last very long. I got I gotta, in there. I'm going to look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> I got in there and saw my boss. Mm -hmm. And immediately, that's where my sight was. I wanted to do what, what he, he was doing. 
But the chances of me as a young African-American female in automobile manufacturing to acquire that position was very slim to none because there had only been two other females ahead of me and they were much older with lots of experience in the plant. Mm -hmm. I had neither. I had neither age nor did I have the experience. But you had, you were driven. I was so driven. I was driven because even then, not realizing, I had already displayed the characteristics of a chicken charge. Right. And the chicken charge doesn't necessarily stop when others say no. There you go. And I continued on until I had a conversation with the CEO of the plant. And he directed me back down to one of his direct reports mm. and said, if she's that ambitious and has come to my office, either you will hire her or I will. Mm. That was all I needed, Evelyn, okay. to get that ball rolling. And that's exactly how it happened. And um, you touched on something in the very beginning, a woman of God. And yesterday in church, uh, the sermon was taken from Daniel, 6th chapter, 10th verse. And the one thing uh, the minister kept emphasizing was persistence and consistency. When you have to have those two things, that that's what Daniel had. He was persistent and he was you know, constant with his faith. Absolutely. And through my walk, um, and, and I'm fast forwarding us again, okay. I went through the manufacturing cycle, took a leave of absence from the automobile industry, came back, and I ended up as a security guard. <laughs> you know, and, and so we never know where our destiny is. Yeah, God we, has that path for us. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. We just have to stay on mm -hmm. the journey. Yep. And the journey means staying focused, yeah. being determined, yep. knowing who we are, yes. having confidence, yes. and getting the job done and being the most prepared at the table every time. Well, one thing about you, Mary, when you, you command a room, yes. when you walk into a room, You're so it, right, Evie. It, it's, it's yours. I mean, they, they want to know, who is that woman? Yep. Everybody. I, I, I've noticed it, no matter where you go. You just command the room at the mayor's mass ball. You know, when you came in, when you walk into a hotel room with us at lunch that day at the Intercontinental, you know, even, you know, you just command a room. You have that energy, that aura, that spirit. And how can you instill that into this generation? Well, you know, this generation, the thing that, and I have grandchildren. Uh, with my granddaughters, as well as my daughter, but especially with my granddaughters, I say to them one thing. When you have confidence in yourself, then everyone else will also see that in you. But it doesn't come just by saying you are who you are or this is what I do. It takes lots of practice. Confidence is something that is built within people. And we all will have lack of confidence sometimes in some areas, but thank God that is not one of my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the other things that I find with the young people today is they are really, really sharp. Academically, they're excelling. They're also excelling with an entrepreneurship as well. However, the patience, they're lacking patience. So interesting. Lacking patience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're lacking patience, 
I also believe you lack wisdom. Can I ask you a question about your observation? Do you think that that the are we talking to millennials now? Yeah? Yes. Okay. Are they lacking patience because they're young or are they lacking patience because they have they're young and they have a lot of technology or what do you think? I believe it's it's both. They're younger as well as technology. And and you know the other thing that we that we baby Evelyn boomers wants to say something. <laughs> She's I, biting her tongue here. I, I I have to say they don't have respect. The other thing the millennials are they missing. Have, they have no respect for knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom is special. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, because yeah. knowledge, they don't realize they don't know yet, right? They don't know that they don't. They know. don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. But wisdom will carry them where knowledge will not. Mm-hmm. That is the key that they have not learned yet. And they had they, most millennials don't have to work hard for anything. They whereas you and I. Growing up in Mississippi in the summer, I was we were working in the field. Absolutely, you know, and there, I was glad to go back to school. And, and you know, <laughs> well, and you perhaps you were working in the fields, but we were school working. School was a break. Yeah, uh-huh. we it were was. working. Yeah. My sister and I, I was six and she was eight. Uh-huh. We were busy raising the family and the community. Yes. So we had to learn, and they don't have uh-huh. faith. They don't go to church. They they just don't, they don't go there and. I think it's a combination of that, and I worry about them uh, because they've always been—they never had to work for anything. It's always given to them. So uh, I, I, I worry. I pray for them. But anyway, it's about you right now. And so let's uh, fast forward. What made you start All in One? Actually, All in One is my second security company. Okay. My first security company, I don't call their name <laughs> because with my brand today, it doesn't fit. There you go. <laughs> so all-in-one security mm-hmm. was started out of pain. Mm. Out of pain. It was the most devastating time of my, li- of my adult life. Mm. And that is when I actually <laughs> left the other company and went home without a plan. Mm. I went home on December 14th, 2000, and I'm so happy (laughs) that I know that there is someone who's looking over me. And within, I left the other company on the 14th of December. On the 29th of January, 2001, I moved into this building, and we've been here now for 17 years. The reason I did it mm-hmm. is because I knew people depended on me. Mm-hmm. Others were counting on me for the rebound. There you go. And most importantly, I know that my community needed me. You know, you and I could talk for hours, but I have to get this in. What made you start your foundation? Oh my gosh, number one, Coming from Mississippi, and I have to always refer to that because we often, too often, forget from whence we've come. Mississippi was my foundation. Yes. It taught me the things that I knew I would never want to do. <laughs> I learned about racism and division. But the key component that I learned there was it was community. We didn't have a lot, nor did our neighbors. That's right. But at times when we didn't have anything of what we needed, a neighbor had it. Right. I watched those neighbors take their little bit 
mm-hmm. a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And everybody combined it. Right. Everybody would share. They shared. No no matter if you're black and white. That's correct. They would share. And then we all had more than enough. Yes, right. So with the foundation, I understood how God had blessed us. And I have a spirit of the need to give back. And my mother, when we were children, and that's why I said earlier, Evelyn, perhaps you were in the fields, but my sister and I were raising the kids. (laughs) Three girls were the first to be born to our parents. Mm. You know, had we been boys, mm. the story would be different. Oh, totally. We would have been in the fields. Mm. That was the one time that my mom, and she's got a very soft voice, mm. but she stood up to our father and she said to him, dad came to mom and he says, well, you know, I think these three girls are getting big enough now and they're about ready to start going to the field, cotton field. Mm. Mom said to him, oh, no, not my girls. My girls are going to school Mm. to get an education Mm -hmm. and be able to choose the career field that they want. So as a result of that being with me all Mm -hmm. my life, I've always assisted young people in college or going on trips. The foundation now provides scholarships This year, our fifth year anniversary, we are giving deserving students $125,000 to continue their education in honor of our mother. Amazing. It is amazing. So, but tell us what made you, because you especially have many books in you, but what made you stop and say, I gotta write this book, Chicken Charge? Well, it was so important for me because, you know, you said something earlier about commanding a room and all of that. Well, what I realized is people know me from the surface. Mm. And as the surface Mary Parker, that's what they see. But the chicken charge is my story. Not just my story. It's the story of many women. I'm the one who told my story. It was important because I believe the blessings of how my life has gone, Mm -hmm. the journey, is worth other women understanding. First of all, failure to me is not failure. Those are lessons learned. So I wanted to share lessons learned. We start our businesses with where we are. I want my readers to understand this one thing. Just start. Don't keep putting it off. Set a date and start that thing that is burning within you. You're like Nike. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) If you ask my daughter today, she would say, well, how? I always said to her, whatever it is you want to do, just do it. Well, you know, when you're swimming, that's the first thing they they say. Just jump in the water. Just jump. And go for it. And go for it. Yes, yes. Well, Well, Mary, this is the first of many podcasts. What is the main thing you want to leave today with your listeners? The main thing I want my listeners to understand, Evelyn, is that they can. If they choose to, it's up to them. And once, and I want you to also get these 10 two-letter words into your spirit. An elderly gentleman, gentleman, I was probably about 14, 15, and I said something to him about wanting to do this or that. And you know what his answer was? What? He says, you can, just do it. 
If it is to be, it is up to me. Wow, wonderful. If it is to be, it is up to me. If it is to be, it is up to me. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Yes, and Mary. that was so empowering. Evelyn, thank you so much for being here today. I've enjoyed it. I have we, so enjoyed it. We and always with have a you good time. as well, Sarah. I'm just going to jump in and also say thank you to Evelyn Mims, who is the interview diva of Atlanta. <laughs> and I know that we will want to have Evelyn come back again and again. Absolutely. Because she has some uh, unbelievable stories to tell also. And um, Mary uh, is an inaugural podcast. You are um, so full of life and so much information and so much good, good uh, life lessons. I can't wait to hear all of them. Me too. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll, We'll sign off now. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And thanks to our audio guy. Mr. Port Wilson. Yes, thank you, Port. Subscribe to The Chick in Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success. Tips will make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chick in Charge.